From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. that you have joined us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is bringing a series of studies in the earthly life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that focus on the Savior Himself, as revealed in His teaching and miracles, His atoning death on the cross, and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. This morning's text is found in 2 Kings chapter 25 and verse 30. And his allowance was a continual allowance given him of the king, a daily rate for every day, all the days of his life. Jehoiakim was not sent away from the king's palace with his store to last him for months, but his provision was given him as a daily pension. Herein he well pictures the happy position of all the Lord's people. A daily portion is all that a man really wants. We do not need tomorrow's supplies. That day is not yet dawned, and its wants are as yet unborn. The thirst which we may suffer in the month of June does not need to be quenched in February for we do not feel it yet. If we have enough for each day as the days arrive, we shall never know want. Sufficient for the day is all that we can enjoy. We cannot eat or drink or wear more than the day's supply of food and raiment. The surplus gives us the care of storing it and the anxiety of watching against a thief. One staff aids a traveler, but a bundle of staves is a heavy burden. Enough is not only as good as a feast— but is all that the veriest glutton can truly enjoy. This is all that we should expect. A craving for more than this is ungrateful. When our Father does not give us more, we should be content with His daily allowance. Jehoiakim's case is ours. We have a sure portion, a portion given us of the King, a gracious portion, and a perpetual portion. Here is surely ground for thankfulness. Beloved Christian, In matters of grace, you need a daily supply. You have no store of strength. Day by day must you seek help from above. It is a very sweet assurance that a daily portion is provided for you, in the Word, through the ministry. By meditation, in prayer, and waiting upon God, you shall receive renewed strength. In Jesus, all needful things are laid up for you. Then enjoy your continual allowance. Never go hungry while the daily bread of grace is on the table of mercy. He shall feed you. 
In the years 1949 to 1952, a mighty revival took place on the Isle of Lewis off the west coast of Scotland. In the course of those years, hundreds of people, especially young people, were converted to Christ as the Holy Spirit came down in power. The preacher during those days was the Reverend Duncan Campbell, yet what took place on Lewis was not due to his pulpit skills, but to the overwhelming moving of God among the people. Listen to Duncan Campbell's own testimony of what took place. In revival, the community suddenly becomes conscious of the movings of God beginning among his own people. So that in a matter of hours, not days, in a matter of hours, churches become crowded. No intimation of any special meeting but something happening that moves men and women to the house of God. And you find within hours scores of men and women crying to God for mercy before they went near a church. Let the Bible Speak is happy to make available CD copies of Duncan Campbell's own account of what happened during those revival times on the Isle of Lewis. There is also a CD containing the personal testimonies of people who came to salvation in Jesus Christ during those days. To obtain your own copies free of charge of both CDs, please contact us by email, phone, or regular mail. You may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. By phone, please call 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. Or write, Let the Bible Speak, 
1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That would be Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. You will be blessed greatly as you listen to these accounts of the power of God at work. Today on Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns continues to deal with seven essential views of Christ, taking as his text Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 29. In Peter's confession, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, we find a number of vital truths regarding the Lord Jesus Christ. First, he is the Christ, the anointed one promised all through the Old Testament scriptures. Next, he is the Son of God the second person of the Holy Trinity. The third view presents Christ as the foundation of his church. The emphasis here is not so much upon Peter, but upon Christ himself as the bedrock of his church. As Jesus stated unequivocally, I will build my church. As to the erection of the church, the Lord Jesus made it clear that he is the builder. Attempts to build a church apart from the power and presence of Christ are vain, It is as the gospel is preached with the unction of the Holy Spirit that souls are saved and become living stones in Christ's church. Now Dr. Cairns brings the next portion of Seven Essential Views of Christ. I detest preachers who are liars, who draw their salaries is the blood money of the souls that they damn by not telling them the truth. My own father was in a similar hospital in Northern Ireland. I noticed across the room from him another old soldier. And I knew from the medical reports a blind man could have seen from his condition He was not long for this world. I made a habit of going to talk to him whenever I could 
wasn't an easy man to talk to. And I determined I was leaving for America again. I determined I was going to make sure that he would hear from me the challenge of the gospel. Because I knew, unless his doctors were wildly wrong, and it was obvious they were not wildly wrong, before I ever returned to Northern Ireland, he would be in eternity. So I went over to him. He obviously didn't want to talk about spiritual things, but whether he wanted to or not, I was going to ask him about his soul. As I talked to him, I found an impenetrable barrier. And he sat back. Now, this was a foul-mouthed, hard-drinking, wild-living sinner. And he said, oh, my, I'm a member of the Church of Ireland. The Church of Ireland is the Episcopal Church, the Anglican Church. It used to be the established church in Ireland, though not since 1870. Thank God. But uh, he said, I'm a member of the Church of Ireland. The rector has been up to see me, and he has told me, I am all right. That man, unless God took something that was said by me or someone else to get through to his heart, that man, weeks afterward, went out to meet God on the strength of a preacher's lie. You're good enough. You've been baptized and confirmed into this church. That's good enough. And you've done the best you can, and that's good enough. No, no. Jesus says, I have a church. The church of the firstborn. The church of the twice-born. The church of the blood-washed. The church of the spirit-inhabited. The church of the justified and the sanctified. I have a church. It's mine. Uniquely mine. I want to ask you this morning, are you in that church? I can ask you that because I want you to notice the materials that are used in the building. He said, Thou art Peter. Thou art a stone. And Peter well understood what that meant. Christ conveyed his message very clearly because when Peter came to write on a similar theme, in 1 Peter chapter 2, he speaks of the Lord Jesus, to whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively or living stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood. You are built into the spiritual house. God takes Peter's and he makes them living stones. I want you to notice this. Peter wasn't born Peter. Peter was born Simon, the son of Jonah. 
But Jesus said, I am giving you a new name. A stone in the temple of God. Men and women, let me tell you, this is the material that the Savior takes. Men who are born natural sinners. Women who are born alienated from God. And he takes them, he gives them a new name, a new position. He builds them into the temple or the church of the living God. In other words, salvation is not only real, it is personal and it's available. The church of Christ is not made up of super saints. It's not made up of some elite. It is made up of sinners saved by grace. Men and women whom Christ has taken and put into the building that he calls my church. That's the church to be in. So again I ask you, not are you a free Presbyterian? I have buried people who sat under my ministry every Sabbath day and died in sin and perished. The hardest thing that I've ever had to do. Every time I say something like that, my mind goes back over the years to a little country church in Cabra, Northern Ireland. I look down in my mind's eye and I see halfway down the church on the right-hand side a man who always sat on the end of the pew. He would never miss. Every Sabbath morning he was there. And every Sabbath morning he walked out rejecting Christ. I well remember the last Sabbath morning he was there. And again he walked out rejecting Christ as healthy as I was, or as any man would hope to be. At least that's how it appeared. I'm not sure if my memory is exact enough to say if it was two or three days later. He got up in the morning, came downstairs, had his breakfast, talking normally, just about to go to work. As he stood face to face with his wife to say goodbye to her as he went to work, he dropped at her feet and was dead before he hit the ground. Going to that home was not easy. Finding something with which to comfort that widow was not easy. I'm not asking you if you're a free Presbyterian or a Baptist or a Methodist or what other church you may care to name. Jesus talks about my church. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? That's the question. Have you ever known what it is to repent and be converted? 
to repent and believe the gospel, to be justified by faith in Jesus Christ. Do you know anything about receiving him and coming to know him, whom to know is life everlasting? Salvation is real, personal, available, because he takes ordinary sinners and he builds them into his church. And notice the erection of it here indeed is Christ's view of church history. I will build my church. I will build it. He is the builder. I'm glad of that. I'm not called to build a church. I'm called to preach the gospel. Christ says, I will build my church. I well remember as a young man feeling the call of God to the ministry, shying away from it because of the fear that I would feel. The fear that I could not do the work. The fear that my preaching wouldn't measure up. My abilities wouldn't measure up. And I had to come to realize, sure, my preaching will never measure up. My abilities will never measure up. But I am not called to build the church. I am called to preach Christ. He is the builder of the church. He says, I will build my church. That makes the building of a church a divine certainty. There's no doubt about it. We keep on hearing lunatics come along and talk about the irrelevancy of the church in the modern age. Some go to parachurch movements because the church is no longer relevant. By the way, and it's only by the way I don't get off on this theme or would never get back to where we ought to be. Whenever you hear of people wanting to make the church relevant, that's a code word for making it a little bit more worldly. That's what it means. To reach sinners, you've got to be like sinners. Nonsense. The greatest reachers of sinners in history have been the most unlike the sinners that they have reached. It's not relevance the church needs except relevance to the gospel and to the God of grace revealed therein. What the church needs is a baptism of the power of the Holy Ghost. That's the only relevance we need. Give us that, and we can reach any people in any place, any age, any society. Just give us the power of the Holy Ghost. I will build my church. And he has been doing it. And he'll continue to do it. The church age has not closed. Certain radio preacher up, well, he's not only up in Pennsylvania, but around America, has been telling people the church age is over. God is finished with the church. Leave every church. Come and get into fellowship with me. How they don't be a church, of course, uh, I don't know. It's as big a conundrum, a conundrum as John Wesley's notion of perfection. Sinless perfection without being sinless. Sort of contradiction in terms, is it not? Well, uh, come join us and... We'll not be a church because we call ourselves something else. The church age is over. Don't you believe it? Jesus says, I will build my church. Do you know that gives a great impetus to our evangelism? 
It gives a great confidence to our missionary work. He's building his church. Go out there. Take your stand for Christ. Go preaching the gospel. If he burdens you for the mission field, go to the mission field. Go because he says, I will build my church. Man may stand against it, but I'll build it. Governments, political and economic systems may rise up against it, but I will build it. I want you to understand this. Look at the map of the world today. South America has seen millions come to Christ in the last years. Millions, tens of millions have been saved. That was the stronghold of the Church of Rome. Until fairly recently, in many South American countries, Protestant missionaries were done to death. To say nothing of the minor discriminations in jobs and education, they were actually put to death. Do you know in Brazil today, there will be more people in Protestant churches listening to the gospel of Jesus Christ than in every Roman Catholic church in the country combined? That doesn't say there are more Christians than Roman Catholics. What it's saying is that Rome is losing its grip in many areas, and millions have been saved throughout South America. When the Chinese communists took over China, they intended to eradicate all thought of God. And that's probably the most fertile ground in the world where more millions have been saved than anywhere else on earth. Lenin, Stalin, and all that crew, they were about to obliterate God and Jesus Christ. They are now no more. Their great empire lies in ashes. And the church of Jesus Christ goes on. I will build my church. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. Founded by Dr. Alan Cairns, Let the Bible Speak is also heard in many parts of the world through the international radio outreach of Let the Bible Speak, produced in Northern Ireland. The Free Presbyterian Church stands without apology for the absolute inerrancy of the Bible, emphasizing preaching that centers on the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ and is militant in its stand against the ecumenical apostasy and the efforts of the world to infiltrate the Church. For further information about the Free Presbyterian Church, you may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us at 864-244-2408. Or you may write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Again, that's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Also, we encourage you to visit the website of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America at www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 